Welcome to Longwoods Healthcare Services Radio. I am your host, Matthew Hart. Longwoods Radio discusses best practices, policy, innovation, and opinions on healthcare delivery and administration in Canada. Canada has always been at the forefront of health innovation, but as per the 2023 Canadian Institute for Health Information report on the expansion of virtual care in Canada, we historically fall behind our international peers in the adoption of information technology. However, during COVID-19, primary care physicians responded positively to virtual care products and programs. In this podcast, I will be joined by Dr. Jimmy Fang, CEO and founder for Fixable. Fixable is an online virtual care provider that was recently selected to contribute to virtual care beyond Earth with the Canadian Space Agency. What does that mean for his organization? And what does that mean for Canada's rural and remote towns and communities? Hi, Jimmy. For our listeners, could you take a moment to introduce yourself? How did you get involved in healthcare and what motivates you? Um, thanks for having me on the pod. I'm really excited to be here. Um, so my name is Jim, and I'm the founder of CEO of Fixable. We, um, and I guess Fixable started back in 2017 when I first got the idea of, of getting people better. And for me, that started, like the whole iteration of getting people better started, I guess, as, you know, I, I started as a chiropractor by profession. I was working with sports teams. At the highlight, I was working with the national wrestling team, as well as the, the UFC and getting high performance athletes better uh, and back to back to play on the other side we're, we're also built integrated clinic rehab clinics and and we work with like disability patients and motor vehicle accident patients just saw that without the proper incentivization um, people don't get better as, as fast right so we I really um, want to create a solution uh, to really help people uh, incent- be incentivized to, to do better for their health and uh, so that kind of got me down to the tech, I guess, ecosystem. In 2010, I built one of the first electronic medical uh, medical records that is cloud-based, and it was called Remedy. We exited out of that, and an angel investor for a period of time to uh, support other technology in the ecosystem. Um, but I just realized I'm an actor. I'm a doer at the end of the day, so we started Fixable back in 2017. Um, so that's me in a nutshell. We developed Fixable back in 2017. I guess we started looking for a team. Um, and uh, from there, we, we built iterations of it. So now Fixable is really a patient engagement platform. So what we do is we help people um, connect people to different practitioners, uh, predominantly on the musculoskeletal side, but there's also nurses and occupational therapists and, and psych. And what we do is we start from prevention, or sometimes we start in pain, but we work towards really adding prevention to people's lives and really distilling down what health should be. And that's your ultimate goal is really uh, creating a healthcare system where prevention is at its core. And so uh, people can, you know, uh, have less problems moving forward. So that's Fixable 101. Um, so you established this organization as a virtual physiotherapy consult to assist in the relief of aches and pains. Um, but recently you've taken your technology to the next level with the Advanced Medical Pod, or AMP. What is AMP? Yeah, um, so we're lucky to um, win a, um, a contract with the Canadian Space Agency to build a, um, uh, what they call this a C2M2, it's a connected medical 
uh, module. And what that is, is we're, we're, they're looking to build a, a hardware component made, built out of a 40-foot shipping container and also the medical integrations that go into it and as well as the software platform. So Fixable is really the software platforms. We have the practitioner side, the patient side. We have the integrations of different medical devices. So it is the platform. And then we have partners to build up the hardware components of it. So um, the the we color pod, the advanced medical pod, and uh, it is a forty foot shipping container, solar panels uh, with one charge. It can last about two weeks without additional charges. They can plug into the grid, so you have, uh, you know, as much energy power I guess you need. We have built in power walls within it, touch screens on the walls, uh, all the systems connected to the fixable platform, so we're able to remotely monitor it through that. We even created a triage system, autonomous triage system. Using artificial intelligence, we're able to talk to a robot <laughs> in the pod and you're able to actually get triage through the system. At the same time, you're able to um, plug in medical devices. Uh, we partner with um, Super Sapiens, a, a component of Abbott, the pharmaceutical company, to use their Libre 2 sensors to actually get real-time glucose data. And in the future, we're able to provide solutions real-time to our patients for like blood, uh, blood glucose monitoring and such. Um, and also not just monitoring, but also intervention. So uh, we're really in the intervention space. And so whatever data we can capture to, to support that human personalized that um, uh, outcome is what we're into. Um, so the advanced medical pod is gonna be showcased at the Canadian Space Agency in the next couple of months. And the goal for that, for the CSA is um, their partnership with NASA, partnership with the European Space Agency, UK, as well as uh, down south uh, in South America. and. What they're doing is they're, we want to be, as Canadians, the, the medical arm, I guess, the new um, um, uh, medical Canada arm, if you will, for the space race to back to the moon as part of the Artemis projects, as well as uh, future um, iterations to get to Mars. So, um, yeah, so it's a crazy ride, about eight months to six to eight months to kind of build the medical pod into integrations and and different uh, sourcing different medical devices. Uh, we even have an ultrasound that can do a AI-based echocardiogram and we send it to the cloud and get a report in real time. And the, the best thing for us, even though some of the stuff is not in the market yet, a lot of the stuff is the platform is, and we're working with many stakeholders with that, is that we're able to test these systems that are very like futuristic and you know, on paper anyways, in an ecosystem, a closed ecosystem, and be able to test it out, pilot it out, and then slowly incrementally add it to different, you know, use it with different stakeholders, uh, be it small, be it large, uh, to be able to uh, see results, right? And then, and then slowly uh, incrementally get it into the ecosystem so save people time and money. But ultimately for us, again, going back to prevention, how do we Get a better visualization. Everyone, a lot of people have their Apple watches and smart watches to kind of see how you're doing over time. Now, how do you engage that information, that data, along with other medical information and provide a day-to-day -day solution that you can do on a daily basis, right? That also tracks you along, along the way, as well as provide medical care um, to you. At the same token, we also want to serve areas that right now that are um, that are remote, like that people can't get access to. This is these are great solutions where you can put on a Blackhawk or go at, because it's in that format. You can ship it anywhere essentially, right? Rail um, over water as well as a Blackhawk to pull pull into remote areas, even uh, war zones, to be able to be able to be a full sustained solution. So, so you mentioned that the AMP program was selected by the Canadian Space Agency to participate in the Health Beyond program. 
Can you expand a little bit more on how you got involved in that and what the program is? Um, maybe just a, a little bit more background. Yeah, I, I mean, it really comes down to it was an RFP process. So we we bid for it. It was a long bidding process. A lot of sleepless nights, I guess, they get this across the board. And we have different partners uh, along the way uh, to support the project. Um, everybody from, you know, from governance to construction to the, the the hardware components to partners to you know for the solar panels and 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 what have you but ultimately it comes down to um getting the best team together to be able to build this project because it is a massive fast sprint to get to what what future should look like right and then uh, we we put it on paper to to kind of showcase what future could look like <laughs> and then we build out what that future looks like and then from there we iterate it doesn't have to be perfect at first but we iterate in different components that's actually needed within the ecosystem so essentially it's a rp canada-based rp uh, nationwide and we bet it built out i guess i we built beat out multiple different stakeholders uh to win the project so sorry just to iterate on the health beyond project um, the king space agency is doing some amazing work um and have a decent amount of funding right now to be able to um, issue multiple different projects along the way, uh, along the same direction uh, for health. So I think the C2MT becomes the hub and the central component where they're going to be able to um, have other solutions that connect to it, right? To the platform, uh, software platform, or to the hardware components. And the first iteration will be here on earth um, and remote areas, as as we talked about, and even components of it into the existing healthcare system, and then eventually uh, to iterate to go to go to space. But the whole healthcare beyond project, I think, is a huge step for humanity and as well Health Canada, uh, Health in Canada, to be able to iterate and really advance technology when it comes down to healthcare, and also um, you know putting the different stakeholders together now bring it to the table to try these solutions as well and how to you know create a good business model around it as well as a health outcome model you you mentioned canadian rural communities um and they will always have issues and concerns when it comes to accessibility of healthcare. Right. uh using ontario an example northern communities such as moosonee or fort albany and hundreds of other towns and settlements are inex right. inaccessible um except by train or plane. Um, and this is not just an Ontario issue. This is true for many communities across Canada. Uh, so being so remote and playing such a major role in aspects of healthcare delivery from health human resources, access to medical equipment and more, maybe you can expand a little bit more on the role you see the AMP uh, playing in servicing Canadian remote locations. Yeah, yeah, good question. And uh, we really, you know, although, the bigger moonshot is to get to the moon <laughs> and also to Mars. Uh, the first really iterations are to get this in remote areas. And we, we built a product around the accessibility of that. So either through those modes of um, transportation we talked about. And really, the our bigger picture is to be almost in, in be able to function in really, really remote areas where there isn't any health workers and to at least get the basis of you know remote monitoring and vitals collection and data collection around that human interaction, so everything from you know connected vitals device and remote monitoring that plugs right into a fixable platform to telemedicine on the fixable platform to you know different devices that can do advanced 
screenings with and also guided through video and guided through animation, right? To be able to get to some baseline diagnostics so people can take intervention, right? And then make some interventions along the way. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we built around a robot that is able to come to you directly. I can send some links later for uh, a, a little video of what it can actually do, but it can literally come up to you. I come into the pod, I say, hey, Amp, I need help. And the robot literally says, um, I'm Amp, I'm here to help. And it comes to you and it, it starts to die, uh, the, the, the triage system. And, you know, the triage will take some, still take some time, I think, to iterate, to get it perfect and, and such, but it'll, it'll, at its basis, I think it acts as a, a as a co-pilot locally. It could be as simple as your you know current phone and your and your home and your kid falls and you don't know what to do to even advancement of um, uh, fully triaging people. You know when you're in the uh, emergency room to remote areas to be able to do it in a, such a case where you don't have people. It can also have nurses. Uh, to, to attend to it, to do other interventions, other assessments along with that, and then act as have the telemedicine running on the different screens or have it run on the robot. So you're able to almost transcend the, the care model uh, without humans being specifically in that location to get to some of the vitals. And if it does need, and there's tier escalations, of course, so if it does need more human interactions, it'll escalate the protocols to get there. So I think from, we thought, through all these scenarios and our goal is to get it being fully you know, as, as autonomous as possible. And then there's iterations of human support along the way as fully, you know, just you're in war zone, you have medical doctors working in these dual beds uh, to, um, you know, just the nurse there to support the medical doctors on the other side, that's at say, you know, UHN or something like that, right? And then to, um, to a, a combination hybrid model um, so we can see it in different formats and how um, how it can be utilized. So Canadian individuals and organizations have a worldwide recognition as being leaders in innovation. Mm -hmm. Have you worked with or discussed implementation then yet with Health Canada? And do you have current test cases and roadblocks that you're working to get past? Absolutely. Um, with that being said, we're great at innovating. Um, we're just not good at adopting. <laughs> and there are very close ecosystems in many different places and a lot of politics involved and, and also stakeholders involved. With that being said, just about every stakeholder we talk to, every province uh, and, and Health Canada as well, there's everybody, everybody has been very receptive. And, and they really understand these components. And it's there, there isn't many components of it where they're just like, no, nah, this is not it. This is like every everybody we talk to has been very receptive and want to move forward. The 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 holdback and limitation is number one, funding. Number two is um, uh, is also um, who's going to take on this task? Is there a task force that does this? Right? Is there a team that does this? And is there a mandate to do this? Right? And I think uh, one of the uh, best mandates right now is really the health worker crisis being a massive one, um, COVID being a, a massive um, accelerator of all digital technology and healthcare technologies. Uh, and then I think what you need within this ecosystem, especially in Canada, where we a little bit more risk averse, is that you need to test it out, prove it out, have more literature on it, you know, and have really good you know, clinical trials around these solutions. Or if it's not a clinical solution, it's, a, it's an adjunct solution that's fully well integrated. That's why we got our SOC 2 compliance and all that, all the 
make sure you check your boxes, right? To get that through. So um, every health agency so far, and we're still early in the days, I think for the whole ecosystem, but it also opened a lot of doors for us to be able to use the current platform as a solution right now. Just like think about post-operative care, think about um, like the bundle kids, they have full knees, right? There's barely any money for the rehab component. We can do the rehab 12 week program within there and remotely monitor with machine vision really, really well, right? So these things are, the little tiny things are going to adopt, I think, quicker, faster. And then the bigger things will come when there's more literature behind it and more, you know, it'll take one or two, you know, bigger adoptions, I think, even from the private sectors to kind of, you know, set the trend and also, you know, create a little FOMO around the other adopters as well, right? And then I think it needs a little bit of that. Um, but I think the ecosystem is changing. Uh, the narrative is changing. And we, we've seen that. And we've seen a lot of grants come through as well, as well as funding. And even through Ontario Health and the province that we are at right now, there's there's a few pushes, uh, pushes with the Ontario Centre for Innovation to, to push on digital technologies and artificial intelligence and, and to even test those out within the ecosystem. We really think just actually, uh, there was one that just came by. So they're doing a good job there, I would say. Um, so... Last question, you're you're quickly becoming a well-known organization. You're making headway in a lot of spaces. Where do you see yourself and Fixable going in the in the near future? Yeah, you know, I have really one mandate of just creating healthier humans. And I think the knowledge is there. It's about incentivization and engagement. So that's what we are. We're incentivization, we're engagement, and we're knowledge transfer. And we have all those components. And it's about those individuals and you know, systems to adopt and understand there's a, a bigger ROI around this when we can do those things, right? So simple example for like low back pain. Low back pain is not just, you know, prescribing some NSAIDs and, and or anti-inflammatories and, you know, back to work. There's a core foundation that's not protecting movement patterns that you have to learn to understand and, and drive it in deep so these things don't come back in the future and become a, a dis herniation patient and eventually surgery. And then you have to go through post-op and all that, right? There's sequelae of all these things when prevention is not met, right? Same with diabetes. Massive, massive problem. You have metformin there as a, as a prescription. You have maybe exercise as a diet as a prescription. But what do you do as a human on a daily basis? When do you do it? How do you get incentivize it? How do you know you're getting better? That's healthcare, right? So the, the more we push along that path and the more we have adopters and more funding there, to be honest, like we're, we're not in our current ecosystem. It's not healthcare, it's disease care. We, we pay for treatment. We pay for interventions that are based on the problem. We're not here to help you <laughs> sustain better life. You know, maybe there's some benefits for work, but it's very capped and limited. But the solutions to our healthcare for the, for the big three killers in the world is lifestyle and how we iterate and how do we get coached to understand to get through the path. Same education that goes into our math and, you know, and grade school STEM, same information has to be doing. You know, we, we should be providing for our healthcare. And if we can do that right to like 10%, 20% of that, of what I'm talking about right now, I think we have a healthy human and we can spend a lot of that money and bigger, bigger problems. Thank you for your time today. You can find additional information on Fixable. That's P-H-Y-X-A-B-L-E dot com. Take care and have a wonderful day.